Hi everyone, Air here. If you thought this episode was powerful, just like me, I want to invite you to make a difference. Right now, all over the world, there are hundreds of thousands of victims of sexual assault and human trafficking fighting for their lives and fighting for their mental health. We have a nonprofit called Flying With Air Women Survivors that is registered as a 5013C in the state of Florida. We want to donate, we want to give, and we want to support our survivors. This nonprofit is dedicated to partnering survivors of sexual assault and human trafficking with an online therapist. This way they can receive their mental health care that they so need and deserve. Please take a moment and go to flyingwithair.org slash give and make your donation today. Every dollar counts and every dollar makes a difference for a survivor. Thank you. Hi everyone, Air here. Welcome to our Spirituality and Growth Mindset Podcast. Today I have a special guest by the name of Faras, joining us all the way from LA and San Diego, where he is the CEO of the company Mansion. I'm excited to invite you to the show, and I hope that you have a lot to learn about both him and his story. Welcome, Faraz. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. About time. <laughs> About time. We did try to plan this out for a few weeks, didn't we? We did. We did. But it's uh, it's been a long time coming. I love what you guys are doing. I definitely believe in divine timing. So I'm going to go with we are exactly where we need to be right now. So. Exactly. I I got a lot to share with you. (laughs) (laughs) So let's just dive right into it, okay? Um, Tell us a little bit about Faraz, and then obviously your last name too is Corey, so that's important, right? You have two names. So tell us a little bit about Mansion, and then why did you want to, you know, be part of the show with us? Yeah, totally. Um, So just a little bit about me, like you you asked, uh, I was actually born overseas um, in Kuwait, even though neither of my parents are Kuwaiti. Um, And then we came to the U.S. to visit my family when I was super young, like three months old. And then uh, Saddam invaded Kuwait during the Gulf War. And so my dad was on vacation with me, my siblings, my mom, and he basically got a call that said, hey, you can't come back to this country uh, because you're not a citizen. None of, my, none of my family is Kuwaiti or had citizenships. He was basically working uh, on the equivalent of a visa. So that's how we ended up in the US. Um, so kind of going back to what you talked about, it's, it's just, it's so fascinating. Everyone has so many different stories about why they are who they are and where they ended up. And I think back to that time uh, and my life would have went completely different um if i had stayed overseas so little little fun fact for you there i spent about nine years in michigan um, where we got our citizenships after being uh war refugees um grew up in arizona after that and then eventually moved to california uh, after college um so that's a quick and dirty about me a little bit about mansion Uh, mansion actually stands for man on a mission that's why there's two s's So that's always been our ethos. Uh, We literally have a tagline that's trademarked and the tagline is set yourself apart and it's Mm. plastered all over our website. And basically what we try to do is inspire all of our customers to be extraordinary in everything that they do. And we hope that our products, our attention to detail, 
and us preaching that message consistently is a reminder for them to do so. Um, the whole reason we started the company is because we thought men's jewelry sucked. <laughs> it was basically <laughs> like, it was that simple. Um, I personally have always known that I wanted to, to start a company. Um, I remember I got a master's degree in engineering. Um, and I remember after getting my first job, after all that schooling, I did like this orientation and they gave me the company laptop. And the first thing I Googled was how to start your own company. I was like, I can't do this <laughs> shit for the rest of my life. I got, I got to get out of here. Um, so I've always known that. And then, you know, Tori, my co-founder, uh, and one of my best friends, uh, we actually went to high school together and another quick tangent story. We didn't really talk in high school. Um, and you fast forward, like, I don't know, 10, 10 years after that, um, uh, about five years after that, I was randomly running on a treadmill, which I never do. And he was randomly running next to me, which he never did. And then he struck up a conversation and we reconnected. And then you fast forward five years after that, we ended up co-founding this business together. Um, so I, I really do believe people come in and out of your life uh, for, for a reason. Um, same thing with my other uh, best friend, Yorgi, who's uh, a part of the business as well. We brought him on very, very early on. Um, we went to ASU together, but we actually didn't know each other. And we met in San Diego. So another person that I believe was, was put in my life for a very specific reason. Um, and so we, we decided to start Mansion. There was really no options for men's jewelry. There was the stuff you find in the middle of the mall that's like clunky with fake diamonds and fake gold and just didn't really fit what we were going for. And then you have like the David Yermans of the world, which are incredible quality, great designs, but just not accessible for many people from a price perspective. And also don't resonate with, with a lot of people like us as far as a brand perspective. So we thought that nobody had it all, which was the product and the brand and the voice. So we decided to do it better. Oh, wow. <laughs> I just learned so much about you. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of your life, if we were to actually like draw it out, like on a whiteboard, you know, it like starts, it's like straight. And then it takes like a lot, like a huge dive and a swirl. And then it goes back and it goes forward. And then you end up in LA, but like, it just sounds like it's like, okay, this journey was 100%, you know, invigorating in a lot of different ways. And you had to open up a lot of invitations and accept a lot of, you know, whatever the universe wanted to bring you in the moment and make the most of it. So Tori, you said Yorgi was the other um, person that's. Yeah. His name is Yorgi. Uh, his, Yorgi. He's Greek. His name is actually Yorgos, but everyone calls him Yorgi. Uh. I got a thing for Greeks. You got to keep me away from him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we all and we all got messed up names. Ross, Tori with two eyes, and Yorgi. So we take that award too. My biological name is Erisia, and that's why I go by Air. It just it just makes sense to everybody. So, okay. So you didn't mean to start this business in this type of way. Like you didn't have this dream from like childhood to go into male jewelry. So was it Tori's idea to go into male jewelry or was it yours? Um, so actually the way it came about, so j just to note on the, on the belief, like I always believed I was special. <laughs> I, <laughs> you I are special. That, I give that credit to my mom, really my mom and dad. Um, I think, you know, it's something about your parents just telling you you're meant for more and all this stuff since you were a kid really makes you believe it. So mm -hmm. I always believe I was destined for more. Um, and, you know, as far as starting the company, uh, basically, 
I reached out to Tori and I was like, Hey, what do you, you know, what do you think about starting a company? And he was all about it. And then I sent him a, a word document, which I still have. And it was called water bottle because at mm -hmm. the time I was like flabbergasted that companies like hydro flask were making millions and millions of dollars selling water bottles, which is a commodity. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I sent him this document and I broke it up in a bunch of different sections. Like what are our interests? Like, what do I think people will pay for? You know, what resources do we have access to all these different things? And the first thing I put on there was jewelry. Cause I've always worn jewelry, uh, always worn, you know, like middle Eastern baby. My mom was just slapping necklaces and <laughs> stuff on me since I was a baby. Uh, so always wore bracelets, always wore necklaces, stuff like that, but could never really find a, a reliable and dependable and, and, you know, uh, really, uh, a brand that resonated with me. So that was the mm -hmm. first thing on the list on that document, sent it over to him, didn't say anything. And then he was like, I really like the jewelry idea. And that's kind of how it came about. We had other things on there like athleisure, uh, small leather goods. We had like, um, we even had stuff like Tupperware for bodybuilders. Cause we're both really into <laughs> fitness, like all kinds of stuff on there. It sounds like you have future businesses lined up, like lock and loaded. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get, let's get through the first one first. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm on board with that too. So it doesn't like no business when you start out, especially since you've grown this business to like an eight figure brand with your team. So no business starts out, you know, at eight figures, it always starts out at probably negative figures, to be honest with you. <laughs> and so uh -huh. How did that, you know, raw beginnings after you picked, you know, your industry, who you want to work with, how did that look like for probably the first, um, let's say first one year to five years? Uh, we're not even at five years. That's the crazy part. Um, okay. You're growing fast. We, first. we just wrapped <laughs> up our third. Yeah. Our third, we're in our fourth year. Um, now, now our fourth year of selling. So we, we, we've been at this for five years. We call those like year zero right mm. which is like you're really just figuring out what the hell you're doing you're finding like you know what you're going to sell who your supplier is going to be uh all that kind of stuff but anyways to answer your question um you know i i, I just i remember this very vividly because movement watches mvmt if anyone is familiar with them um which i'm i assume most people are but they were like blowing up at the time and the founders of that company, one of the founders, his name is Jake Casson. Uh, and I like, he's like, I think two years younger than me. Um, and I like idolize this guy, right? I was like, oh shit, like e-com is blowing up. This guy is younger than me and he's crushing it. And I was just getting smacked with their ads all over Facebook and Instagram. Like we want to go e-com. And, you know, fast forward to now, he lives in, you know, downtown San Diego and I've known him for two, three years. And he's been a great mentor to me and, and a great friend. And so have many other people in the e-com space. So it's just been, we've been very lucky and very blessed to a have people like Jake who were like, not, he never put himself in front of the brand, but he was always out there speaking about e-com and you know, the, the company and how other people can do it and kind of how he did it and all these different things. And that inspired people like me. So I was like, hell yeah, e-com it is. <laughs> um, and, and then the jewelry stuff kind of kind of came afterwards, but it's just been like, it, it's been so helpful having people like him and the Pure Vita guys and, you know, uh, the founder and CEO of Cuts Clothing spoke to us early on and they were all just giving us all this amazing advice 
And that really helped kind of kickstart things for us. I love that. I have a, I have many quotes just to let you know that I live by, and we're going to play a game later about my quotes and my mindset. But one of them for sure is about how most people are saying like, don't meet your heroes. Have you ever heard that before? Don't meet your heroes. I have heard that before because you'll be disappointed, right? <laughs> exactly, because you'll be disappointed. I'm the exact opposite. And over the last, you know, couple of months, I've been saying I want to meet all of my heroes and then I want to put them on the podcast. <laughs> so I'm the exact opposite. And then I have oh, I'm gonna wait for that one actually later. I'm gonna surprise you with that one. But you sharing about Jake and about the other people that came alongside you early on just like sparked that thought in me. It's like, no, go meet your heroes and, you know, just see what happens at the end of the day, right? Like you're going to learn something no matter what, whether you want to punch them in the face afterwards or hug them, that's up to you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You're going to learn something. And it's just like having having people around you who have been through it or or who are going through it, who are a little bit ahead of you, it's just so beneficial. You know, you're, you're asking questions. As long as you don't ask stupid questions, and for those of you listening, there are stupid questions because this is, here's a stupid question. If you can Google it very easily, that's a stupid question. Like mm. you, you need to be asking questions that are not, that, that show them that you've put in effort into figuring out what the answer could be, right? There's a lot of things you can't Google, specific things, uh, strategic things. You know, there's, there's a lot of questions you can't Google. So just so give me an sure example. I'm challenging you right here. So what okay, is a cool. stupid question versus what is a question that you're like, this is a mentor or a potential mentor? What am I yeah. asking them? So here's a stupid question. Um, how do I get my, you know, Shopify theme to work properly? Or, hey, how do I set up Amazon pay on the back end? It's like, don't ask your mentor stupid questions like, like that. Technical here, questions. Here, technical questions or just questions that you could easily find the answer to. Like there's, don't have them be the first person you go to for every single question. Like put some thought into it, try to figure it out yourself. And if you're truly stuck, then go to them. So like a strategic question would be, you know, hey, what, you know, what percentage of customers do you think we should try to be, you know, retaining? Uh, how quickly do you try to get customers to come back and purchase a second or third time? How do you handle your returns and reverse logistics? Those are questions that are not easily Googleable and are, are very uh, different from company to company depending on what you sell, right? Someone who sells food versus someone who sells clothes versus someone who sells jewelry, all these questions are drastically different. Mm -hmm. Or advice, hey, someone wants to invest $5 million in my company, they want this percentage, blah, 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 what do you think? Okay, I think I'm starting to get it with you here. I will say that you love inventing words, though. Googleable? I don't think that was, <laughs> but I did get more out of it than just that. But I know that you love to invent words now. Um, Googleable. 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 <laughs> yeah, that's, it means able ability to be googled. <laughs> ability to be googled. You do like inventing. Webster Dictionary better be listening to this podcast. Um, I'm I will look it up after this and I will send it to you. And if it doesn't exist, I'll make a Wikipedia for it and then I'll send it to you. You have to tag me as part intellectual property owner now. So <laughs> I'm a CEO too, guys. <laughs> there you go. Just founding companies and founding words. <laughs> exactly. I, okay. So I think I've got it now. Who's to say, or 
how would you approach this if your mentor went back to you and you asked them, you know, what percentage of customers should I be retaining in my male jewelry business? Are they going to say, hey, like you can find that stat somewhere or would they just be more interested in being like, okay, even though this isn't my industry, because the ones that you provided, they were from different industries, correct? Like as far as your mentors? Yeah, yeah so like, you, exactly. Go ahead, go ahead. So how do you go in between, and I'm trying to think of somebody starting out, you know, their business or trying to even grow their business. Like, how would you balance that? Is it just overall, if like, I can't type it exactly in Google, I should ask my mentor, or should you try to put the pieces together and be like, okay, I'm technically in retail, I'm in e-com, can I just look up, you know, how many like retention rate percentage there is for those two industries together? You or, should absolutely, you should do that. Yeah, go ahead. You got to follow up? Oh, I'm just tangenting at this point. You go, because you're going to be the expert here, right? I'm not in Incarm <laughs> nearly as much as you are. So so, there, so there's a lot of statistics that you can look up online, right? There's statistics for everything, what your average conversion rate should be, what your, you know, the Shopify average order value is across most e-com stores, what your retention rate should be, your returning customer rate. There's There's a million and one metrics and there's a million and one answers for it. And, you know, to, to kind of go back to what you were talking about, like, it's, it depends on who you ask. Like some people own a, a food and beverage company. Their answer is going to be different than the movement watch guy who owns something similar to, uh, you know, who owned a, a company similar to ours. You're selling wristwatches, which you could argue is jewelry, right? Because nobody checks yeah, the time. I would on call that anymore. very similar. Yeah. Exactly. Versus someone who owns a t-shirt company who you know might have a higher customer lifetime value and and a higher retention rate but much higher returns because you're fitting body types and not necks and wrists. So my you know my response to that would be like a make sure that you try to find the answers online um, first, right? C come into the conversation with with some base level of knowledge so you're not just throwing things at them and and they think that you're wasting their time. And B, try to network across different industries. Like the retention rate may not have been the best example, but the other ones were, right? Mm -hmm. So like any type of acquisition questions, any type of expansion questions. Hey, what do you think about going to Amazon? Hey, what do you think about going into wholesale? Hey, what do you think about going into retail? Like these are questions that are much better answered from somebody who's thought about this before and can give you advice from experience. So definitely try to find people from different industries uh obviously you want to find people from similar industries but having a breadth of um perspective is very helpful we call it a breath of fresh air around here oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> i'm clever guys so help me out i'm going to completely switch gears on you okay but i think that you work quickly and you have a you know positive mindset so i think you're going to be good at this so you are in charge basically of this episode when it comes to the resiliency and the positive mindset for an eight-figure brand so tell me about the first major time maybe not the first chronological but the first major time where like i need to exercise being resilient um wow there's been so many uh i would say when my dad came home and told me that he had colon cancer and i thought he was going to pass that was that was the number one time um i was living with my parents at the time i was i don't remember 
15 or something like that. Uh, and they came home and they were crying. And I was like, oh, shit, this, this isn't good. They told me the news and then they went overseas. Um, and the reason they went overseas is because my dad, back when he was living in Kuwait, um, knew a lot of doctors. They were able to get uh, great care and for much cheaper. And so I basically was, uh, I, I moved in with my cousins. Um, so I would say that was one of the first times I had to really figure out how to go through difficult times. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my dad up, up until that point was in and out of my life physically. Like he's, I'm very close to my dad. I'm very close with both my parents. And I talked to, to him. I talk to him now a lot and I did talk to him a lot, but physically he was like kind of going back and forth between the U S and overseas for many years. And I was like, damn, like he finally moved back. And then now he's going to be gone forever. So that was one of the most difficult times. That was the, the first difficult time where I was like, okay, like life is real. I got to, I got to make sure I'm prepared. I just wanted to give that a moment of silence for that. Thank you for sharing that, by the way. Um, that's not where I saw it going whatsoever, but early on, because this wasn't in the business, this was in childhood. And I know that we discussed like our childhood follows us into adulthood on how we approach our lives and how we approach, you know, our mindset and our goals. And so share with me a little bit about how that moment and that period of time during your you know, childhood, or I guess your adolescence, I should say, how did that reflect into maybe a moment where you had to be resilient for mansion? Oh yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know that that moment directly reflected but my my lessons did right so like mm -hmm. you know he told me like you got to be the man of the house you know take care of your mom do all these different things um and it it taught me some things that are good and, and bad uh taught me how to block out my emotions which in some clay in, in some cases are good and in some cases are bad i think when you're talking about business it's good you're mm -hmm. able to detach from the situation and think more clearly and and be more positive uh and act more um proactively instead of reactive because mm -hmm. most people when things are hard they cower right it's, it's really easy to to be excited and happy and work and do all these different things when when everything is going well everybody could do that everyone can start a business and things go well and, and everything's great, right? But when things aren't going well, and it feels like nothing is going right, that's really where you separate yourself from the crowd. So to answer your question, uh, it taught me how to detach. And that helped a lot in business. And I had to unlearn that in situations like relationships. Mm. So as much as I, I want to talk about your love life, but that's a whole different episode. I might do that later with you. <laughs> yeah. But tell me, so you were talking about how not everything's always, you know, happy. It's not always glamorous. It's not always positive in business. And as a fellow, you know, entrepreneur, as a fellow CEO, I'm someone I've seen like the highs and the lows over the years of what it's like to own a business and what it's like to like go through the trenches. Did you ever have any of those moments with Mansion, or um, if you had all the happy, glamorous type of stuff, I'm gonna be so mad at you. But oh, uh, we you know <laughs> if anyone who who is uh, you know 
any any distance into the journey and they've said everything has been great they're absolutely lying to you i mean it's been difficult it's been a struggle since we started <laughs> we've we've boot you know we we've boost that's not to say we haven't had some incredible wins and have grown very fast and all this stuff but we've bootstrapped we haven't taken any investment from anybody right mm -hmm. so you're you're constantly juggling between how do i grow uh as a you know as as fast as possible but how do i also manage cash flow you know how do i uh, how do I invest into the right things? How do I make this business as profitable as possible? Because I don't have a backup plan. You know, we don't have $10 million in the bank uh, mm -hmm. that, you know, somebody gave, gave us that, that we didn't have to earn. So I think there's a big difference between companies out there who are pre-revenue and who are funded and companies out there that bootstrapped and had to figure out how to make things work from a unit economics perspective and then take funding to gaslight their growth, right? There's there's this like earn earn and burn culture, you know, or, or raise and burn culture where it's like, got this sweet idea, like money was cheap a few years ago, right? We're seeing the repercussions of that now. Mm -hmm. So it's like, hey, invest, invest all this money in my company. I'm gonna figure it out, right? Whereas we kind of took the opposite approach where it's like, okay, we're gonna figure it out and then maybe we'll take money later on. Mm. So during that struggle, as far as like behind the scenes, bootstraps, that positive mindset has to come into play, right? So between getting to know you some, and I haven't got to meet Tori yet, but did you guys go back and forth between, you know, you're going to be the positive one today. I'm going to freak out a little bit. I'm going to be the positive one today. You can freak out a little bit. Or was there like a main <laughs> player that maybe kind of taught or like set the tone for, you know, the mindset of the business as it grew? Um, I mean, between the three of us, Yorgi, Tori and I, I mean, we've, we've been through it all. Yeah. When like Yorgi, Yorgi's been with the company since, and, and he's very much a part of the company and owns, owns a part of the company and, you mm -hmm. know, since basically day one. So between the three of us, everything we've been through, um, we've we did that kind of subconsciously like especially early on right where you're still figuring things out and one of our biggest goals early on was like get one sale a day that's mm -hmm. it and, and several people told us that get one sale a day all we want is to understand what it takes to get one sale on a consistent basis and then from there it's a formula and you can tweak and iterate and, and improve on it right but if you know i spend 50 bucks a day and that leads to one sale, you can figure out how to get, you know, two sales by spending 75 bucks, whatever. Mm -hmm. So there's been times where, uh, you know, we had pretty much no money and no inventory, which is a scary place to be <laughs> because <laughs> you, you own a business, right? And so mm -hmm. you're like, ah, oh, shit. So, you know, there's been times where we had to take loans, we had to take personal debt, we had to put more of our own money in, we've had to do, you name it, like, you name it, we've done it. And there, there was days, you know, if, if somebody tells you that they wake up every single day, absolutely charged and ready to go, they're also lying. Like, I would say we're all very consistent and uh, we're all very motivated and driven, but it's passion really that, that carries you through when motivation and drive are low and it's a cold winter day out and it, you know, your credit cards maxed out and you put money in and, 
your ads aren't performing the way you want them to and inventory is running low and you know so on and so forth so we will we it's unspoken but sometimes it does alternate you know you can sense when someone else is feeling a certain way mm-hmm. and uh you got to hype them up i love that i'm a little bit jealous right now of you guys because I'm flying with air. We don't have a tripod balance. Like our team's amazing. And I love everyone on our team. But to have like the three leaders be in tripod and balance, that's perfect. Like I kind of wish I had that now. <laughs> so. <laughs> and it's cool too. We have like a really good, like Tori, Tori is very analytical. He's a numbers guy. Um, Yorgi's, yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Yorgi is very creative. Um, and I'm I'm kind of in the middle, like I'm I I double dip. Oh, you're also the smoother. Actually, I'm the no. smoother. <laughs> I am the professional smoother. I think they'll both tell you that. I'm okay with that. I'm I'm being schmoozed, and I'm okay with that. So, <laughs> let's dive into a little bit about spirituality. If you're with me on this, so I'm with you. You own a very masculine business. I know that it's male jewelry and that traditionally might be like more female, like female led, but you guys are breaking that mold. And I've already been able to tell with you guys that, you know, there is a lot of masculine energy here, right? Protect and protect, provide, go hunt that sale, you know, like um, bootstraps, a lot of masculinity here. So do you believe in spirituality or do you have any practice in spiritual, like gifts or nature? absolutely yeah no i've um and i think that's come about more so in the last few years and definitely the more adversity somebody faces uh, at least for myself it's forced me to kind of look inwards and outwards through a different lens um you know even things like the first time you live alone right and you don't have roommates or you know the first time you really get your heart broken or you know the first time you have no money or no inventory or whatever right there's any type of adversity you go through i think it's very healthy to understand why it's happening and learn about yourself like i i have a very strict morning routine i i journal i say my gratitude i've dabbled in things like breath work i've dabbled in things like meditation you know cold therapy you name it um, I'm very, uh, I'm very interested in getting the best out of yourself, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and continuing to improve literally every day. So you just sparked something in my mind. And right after I asked this, I want to play a game with you for sure. But you sparked something in my mind that I recently learned last year. So I've been an entrepreneur for several years now. And I was the type of entrepreneur where I would work, I'd work, I'd work, and I'd put in those 16-hour days, and I'd put them in, you know, seven days a week, and I would miss holidays, and I would miss, you know, important events. I missed a friend's wedding. I, you know, just so many different sacrifices that came about being, you know, a young entrepreneur, even a seasoned entrepreneur, if there's such a thing. <laughs> but with that, I had to learn how to take breaks for my mental health and for my spiritual nature. How does that work into your lifestyle? Do you take a lot of breaks or are you a 60 hour, 80 hour type of man? 
That's so that's something I still struggle with um, and that I've been trying to improve. It's funny you mentioned that because like that is that is actually top of mind for me and not not I mean, definitely breaks, but also like filling up your cup like what. Like I said, I journal, right? So it's easy for me to look back uh, and see patterns of behavior relative to patterns of emotion. Um, and what I mean by that is, what are the things I'm doing, reading, eating, etc., that correlate with me feeling better? So I think it's incredibly important to be in tune with all of that because it's, it's easy to get sucked into this hustle culture. And again, I still struggle with it. Like I work all the time, every day, seven days a week. But it's, it's important to like, like it, it was bad. Like it got to the point where like I really enjoy walks and I like being out in the sun and I would guilt myself out of going for a 30 minute walk, mm. a 30 minute walk. Like it got to the point where, you know, I had a death in the family and I considered not going because it overlapped with something for work. Consider not going to the funeral. Like that sounds horrible, right? So there's, it, it could drastically overcorrect. Um, and what I found is that if I cut out, if I start skimping on things, I never really skimped on working out, but if I start skimping on things like being with friends, uh, seeing my family, um, eating properly, if I, if I don't make time for those things, then my work suffers sleeping at a, at a normal time, right? You're trying to get as much sleep as you can. So yes, to answer your question, I, I think it's very important. I, and I think you can do both. I think you can work your ass off and I think you can also be in a good mental place. You just got to figure out what are those, like what are those key things that you have to have? Like for me, it's sleep, it's working out, it's eating properly and it's genuine connection. Those things are like non-negotiable for me. I will say that, and you can take this on the table or you can leave it off the table. I'm not going to be offended whatsoever, but I had to make a deal with another entrepreneur friend and he's fantastic. He actually um, was the first man to bring augmented reality glasses to a commercial market. So that just tells you how brilliant this guy is. But yeah, it's incredible. He sat me down last year. And he saw me working those 70 hour weeks. And he just said that, you know, like you are completely in your masculine nature air. And, you know, where's your feminine nature? And he goes, you're tired, you're worn out and you're scared. I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable with you at the moment here. And, and he goes, why are you so scared? And I was just like, well, if I'm not putting in these 70 hour weeks, if I'm not showing up every single day, if I'm not, you know, answering every single call as soon as it comes in, you know, that's cash flow, right? That's a potential customer. This is, I don't have a backup. This is my baby. This is my business. I'm not married yet. I don't have a family yet. So like, this is it, right? And this is me having the conversation with my friend. And he goes, but what if I told you, if you took a break, and you balanced out your, you know, your feminine energy, which in this case, every single person, whether they're male, female, or they identify as something completely you know, different that's true to them, they all have masculine energy and they all have feminine energy in them. The feminine is like the taking the breaks, the relaxation, the relationships, the going to yoga, the filling up your cup. 
versus like the masculine is the hunt, the provide, you know, the go get it type of thing that you need and work to, to succeed, right? And so he gave me a challenge. And again, if you want to steal this from me, I'm giving it freely. So you don't even have to like hunt me down. <laughs> <laughs> he told me, be who you are naturally, you know, you are a business owner, right? Work for eight weeks and then take one week where you're completely off the grid. And he goes, whatever that means to you, go do it. And um, if that means going to Costa Rica for a week, if that means going in the mountains, if that means staying at home and doing a stay vacation, but just take that week. And in the beginning, I freaked out, <laughs> to be honest with you. I was like, what would happen? Would I even have a business if I left for a week? And he goes, well, did you trust yourself in those eight weeks that you set yourself up for success and you set your team up for success for when you walked away for that week? And he goes, it's not a matter of like if your business will stand or not. It's a matter of do you trust the work that you're doing? And when he kind of laid it out very logical for me, I'm kind of with Tori. I need a very Atlanta. I can't even speak out. My accent's coming out now. I'm very analytical when it comes to if you can break it down for me and you can connect the dots, then I'm on board. So that's what he did for me personally. So, you know, that's my. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a, that's an interesting one. I mean, it's I think what it comes down to is um, you just have to fill your cup, right? Like like you said, I was and still am just go, 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 like kill everyone in my way. You know, just a very aggressive mindset. We, we don't <laughs> all, kill people on all this the time. podcast. Just to let you know. That, you know what I mean. <laughs> metaphorically, metaphorically, right? You you want to crush the competition, especially if you're a competitive a competitive person. Like, I want to win. Mm. And, uh, you know, we got, like, I also don't have, you know, a, a girlfriend or anything like that at the moment. And so it becomes that all the time. Mm. And you don't have that release you know, that, that feminine, uh, that feminine release, like you were saying. And so whether you get it for a whole week or whether you get it for a day every week, or whether you get it for a half day, three times a week, I think it's important. Okay. So basically you need a woman to boss you around is what I'm hearing there. <laughs> uh, hey, I'll, I'll try anything twice. Try anything twice. He says not once, twice. Okay. Twice. I want to play a game with you. And this game is a, a little bit different. We didn't actually plan out, you know, a whole script for this episode. We're just kind of having an authentic conversation, which I think is going beautifully, by the way. So I journal a lot too. I journal so much that I have five books and, you know, they're bestsellers. So I did something right in my life, if nothing else. I've got some physical proof. But I journal for like my private reasons, like my personal or interpersonal, but I also journal for like more like manifestation and more of like practical reasons of how I want to live my life. And this is something I suggest for everybody. And I think you already do it based off of what you just shared with me earlier. But I have a kind of a rule list and it's a rules to myself. And it's a really long list. There's like 50 things on this list. But I'm not going to go through them all with you. But if you're okay with it, I want to point out some of the ones that I say are like rules for me and to see what your thoughts are on them and how you think they might apply to like a mindset or if you just completely don't agree with the rule at all. 
<laughs> don't give me that. Don't give me that freedom. But all right, let's do it. Total freedom. I am a okay with that. We are human rights, you know, activists over here. We are about freedom and choice. <laughs> I, I like it. I'm all about it. Okay, so. I didn't even like pick these out of ahead of time. I just have my journal literally open here. So, okay, I, I have five in mind here. The first one is going to be, I've befriended my anxiety. Oh, yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. Um, I've kind of, I agree with that completely. I, I think I'll say it in a different way, though, for me. So anxiety, in my opinion, is your body telling you that you need to do something. Um, if you've got anxiety about work or what, it could be anything, your, I don't know, your personal credit card or whatever, like you need to dive into that and relieve your anxiety. Um, I look at it a little bit differently. Uh, I look at it as more being comfortable, being uncomfortable. So that's my uh, synonymous statement to, to what you're saying. I think there's a difference between anxiety and discomfort. I think a lot of people seek comfort and I think there's a, a better approach to that, which is seeking discomfort because through all discomfort comes growth through all comfort comes stagnation. So for me, it's been more of a journey of being comfortable, constantly seeking and being uncomfortable. Nice. I love how you said like, Oh, I'm not going to disagree with you. You know, don't give me that. And off the bat, you're <laughs> like, no, I'm with you, but absolutely not. <laughs> well, I, I agree holistically, but yeah, not quite. I love it. I love have an authentic conversation with me. I'm not extremely sensitive. I like ideas and I like input and I like to grow. And that's how we grow on this podcast. So challenge me. I don't care. Bring it on. We all benefit. <laughs> You're seeking discomfort already. Look, I literally just changed your life. <laughs> okay, number two. Um, <laughs> stay committed to a constant or consistent routine. Oh, yeah. I can't even say anything to diverge from that. My life, my life uh, shifted pretty radically once I set and stuck to a morning routine specifically i think routine in general where you can control it but i think specifically a morning routine what time you wake up you know what you do what you know what what it consists of relative to like wellness whether that's journaling or working out or a cold shower or you know eating or fasting whatever but yes absolutely okay we're on the same page again <laughs> okay number three this one is my favorite mantra, and it's actually been my mantra since January 1st. And every single time that something has came up in my mind that I was kind of on the fence with, I've been using this. So this one I'm a little bit, you know, married to, and we'll see how you feel about it. Okay. I release expectations, and I accept invitations. Um... I like that. That's, that's one that I struggle with as well that I've always struggled with. Um, I have very, very high expectations of myself and the people around me. Um, I'm trying to think of a, a better way that I would put it. <laughs> <laughs> Mine rhymes. <laughs> I know that's you're, you're going to win that for sure. 
but I, I don't, yeah, that's a tough one for me. I don't, I think high expectations are good. I really do. Um, but I think you have to go into everything with humility and understand that your expectations are high and understand that you may not hit them. Um, although you do everything you can to, to achieve them, if that makes sense. I'm keeping mine, but I can get on board with yours too. How about that? Oh, I Again, right. mine rhymes. We'll meet, in <laughs> we'll meet in the middle. Compromise. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Number four. Mm. Okay. Number four. I choose those who choose me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If you think otherwise, then um, I think if if somebody thinks otherwise, I think they've got to look at uh, their childhood or any anything that's happened in their lives that's causing them to try to seek acceptance from people who are either unavailable, incapable, or just don't want to give that to them. So whether that's friendships or relationships or anything, it needs to be mutual. Okay, we're back to agreeing with each other. I love how this is like back and forth, back and forth. So I'm I'm just going to disagree with this next one before you even say it. Oh, goodness. You're not going to like that statement because you're going to have to try to stand behind that. <laughs> and I already have it picked out. Yeah. All right. This is All my right, last question because I want to be so respectful of your time. This has been beautiful time to have with you. So number five, invest your time in the pursuit of your passions and live a life fulfilled with purpose. Yeah, I, I go back to my previous statement. <laughs> um, I guess my only my only thing to say about that, which is in total agreement, uh, motivation and comes and goes. It's like cotton candy. It's like you get this sugar rush and you just heard something on YouTube and you're stoked. And then you, know, you wake up tomorrow and you're so excited and motivated. And then the next day, a little less and the next day, a little less. It's passion and purpose that's going to keep you moving when things aren't easy um and i yeah that's it that's all i gotta say about it i think you're right i love it I, i'm always right you just haven't realized that yet <laughs> <laughs> there's that feminine energy coming out so thank you so much for joining us today um this has been a very enlightening conversation and I know that's going to bring so much value to everyone that listens to it and hopefully brought value to you as well. Maybe you learned a thing or two or at least have, you know, some ideas. But what do you want to leave everybody with today if they learned anything from you? Um, first of all, thank you very much. And yes, I did find value and you're a pleasure to, to speak with. Um, honestly, I think your last thing, that your, your last uh, mantra is what we should leave people with um, combined with the discomfort thing. Like if you're feeling unfulfilled and you want to make a change in your life, it's, it's not going to be the easy path and that's fine. And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to take on this gargantuan thing tomorrow, but introduce routine into your life. Um, introduce discomfort in small doses to start into your life, whether that's waking up a little bit earlier, whether that's, you know, journaling, if you don't like that, whether that's a cold shower, whether it's fasting a little bit, whatever, 
introduce a little bit of discomfort and then take notes of what works for you and what doesn't um, improve yourself. And then from that point, I think it's much easier to find and stay passionate about something. So once, once you're able to, to check up on yourself and make sure that you're doing okay, I think from there, once you find something you're passionate about, the sky's really the limit. Nice. And then what was that tagline that you have trademarked for Mansion? So set yourself apart. Set yourself apart. That's what I'm going to leave everybody with. I'm going to, I know it's trademarked, so I'm glad you're here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> set yourself apart. I appreciate that. So thank you so much for joining us. And then thank you everyone that took a moment to listen to both you know, his story, our story, Mansion's story. It's been amazing. Thank you guys for growing with us and healing with us. Thank you.